When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Husker fans, welcome to episode 176 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we look back at football news from the last month and look ahead to spring practice. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their new website at cnbuffalo.com. Hi, Justin. Hey, Michael. It's been a while. Yeah, I mean, it's not only have we not put out an episode for a while. I mean, I haven't even talked to you for a while. Yeah. You doing good? Yeah, just been a busy season personally. Um, So it's been a kind of a, it's kind of been a nice little spring break. Or I guess late winter break at this point, sure, but yeah. it's felt like spring for about the last month. So yeah, I, I traveled a couple times at the end of February, and then was just getting ready for that. The first part, so yeah, it was without any pressing news. It was nice to take a little break, um, but uh, good to be back. Good yeah. to be chatting with you. Yeah, no pressing news, but there has been news. I mean, there's things we got to catch up on. <laughs> And and also full disclosure, this is not my first time podcasting this weekend. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was a, a guest on the Eyes on Big podcast. That's uh, E-Y-E-S on B-1-G. They are a uh, dedicated um, Big Ten podcast, and they cover the whole the whole conference, top to bottom, all 14 teams. And they're starting to, in the offseason here, talk to podcasts that cover other teams. So uh, I think I think the Huskers might be the first one that they're doing like that, and I think that's going to come out next, next weekend. So... Um, so yeah, it was it was a good conversation. They are uh, respectively an Iowa fan and an Illinois fan, and there were some times where the Iowa fan and I were going back and forth, and I think the Illinois fan was trying to like bring the temperature down just a, a little bit. <laughs> Wonderful. Not that it was confrontational, but you know, we were trying to have a really frank conversation about uh, why these fan bases don't get along. It was it was it was actually a really really good conversation, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing it. And uh, we'll be sure and tweet that out. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're not already subscribed to Eyes on Big, I really recommend that you check it out. They do they do a great job. Right on. You want to get right into it then? Yeah, I, I have a few a few things listed out here, kind of going in chronological order uh, from the last month. I guess the the first one to talk about is our new special teams analyst, Jonathan Rutledge. So, um, gosh, what's what's the name of the outgoing guy? Jovan Dewitt is no longer with the team, as everyone knows, and it was kind of a big question mark. Who's <laughs> who's Who's going to be the new guy? Sorry, then, when you said who's the outgoing guy, I'm like trying to think of an extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, but um, then we replaced Jovan DeWitt with Dawson, who is not a special teams guy. So it's kind of like, uh, we have a full complement of coaches. Mm-hmm. How's this going to work? So, um, so Rutledge is going to be a special teams analyst, not a coach. And unclear to me right now, like, 
what does that mean? Like, if you're an analyst, do you go to practice? Are you allowed? Like, can you talk to players? Can you only talk to coaches? When can you talk to coaches? Um, so, but I, I think maybe this is an emerging trend in college football. So he was the special teams analyst at Auburn for two years. Um, before, before that, he'd been, been doing special team stuff at other schools, including Missouri. Last year, Auburn had the nation's 36th most efficient special teams According to ESPN's uh, FPI, the year before that, they were 37. And then his previous job, he was at Mizzou. And so like four years ago, when he started, they were 107th. And the, three years ago, his second year there, they were 36th nationally. So That is a significant uh, improvement. <laughs> if we could see the same, I mean, this team... yeah. It could be night and day. Yeah, and so. I was I, like, like you said, I was a little skeptical at first when they said, "Oh, we we brought on an analyst," but, but like you were saying, I think that we're gonna see his impact uh, almost immediately. So I, I'm excited just that they're bringing on somebody who has worked consistently and specifically with special teams the last several years. You know, there's, so there's a reason they're bringing him in. It isn't just a a random. You know, I don't know if he has any connection to Frost or if they worked together previously. It doesn't sound like it. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, so it, it, if it's an outside hire that isn't just through networking, you know, through the Husker Nation, I, I think that that's a good sign that they that they sought out somebody saying, hey, we need to fix this, and they're we bringing in somebody guy. who can yeah. do it. Yeah, Yeah. so that's exciting. I, I'm pumped. Um, so you and I were talking here on uh, uh, Sunday – March 8th, I think tomorrow, the 9th, they're going to have some coaching availability. So hopefully we'll get some answers as to what exactly it means to have a specialist and mm-hmm. how that logistically is going to work. Like on game day, if if he sees something midway through the first quarter and he wants our putter to make sure and drop it right here, right there, like how does – what's the chain of command? How does that work? How do you do that without cheating? All right. <laughs> so – um, so that's that's the first big thing. Uh, another next big thing is both of our most successful kickers, the two of the six from last year, left uh, football um, in the last few weeks. So Pickering is retired altogether, and then Matt Waldock, who was four of four on field goals and nine of nine on PATs, sounds like he's going to go back to where he came, which was club soccer. Hmm. So, that's too bad. Uh, yeah, I don't know if like you put. I could see how if you are a good club soccer player and you're playing in games all the time, and then you get the opportunity to be a Husker kicker, and you're like, uh, I'm not a huge part of this team. <laughs> yeah, I came in to help you guys out, and I did my job. So yeah, good luck. So good luck next year. <laughs> I uh, man, I I saw Michael Severe tweeted at someone that he heard back when they were in Boulder for the Colorado game that whatever was wrong with Pickering at that time was going to be a career ending. That's mm. he was just replying to someone else. It wasn't even a tweet of his. So um, I'm just so curious as to what the problem is. I feel so bad for the kid. I mean, this was a big piece of his identity. This is what he came to Nebraska for, and he had a great mm. first year. He, You know, I don't remember. I think he may have been like 10 of 14 the first half of the season. Then he hit like 10 straight to end the season including, you know, that Michigan State game where he hit all three of his field goals, and it's like the first time we had beat a team, someone else without scoring a touchdown since 
1937 or something. So I just felt like he was a star in the making. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then last year, and now he's not even playing football anymore. It's crazy. So it sounds like we'll have three non-scholarship options uh, for kickers um, coming into spring practice. We've got redshirt freshman Gabe Hines, uh, Iowa Western transfer Chase Contreras, Contreras, Con- Contreras, and true freshman Tyler Crawford. Um, there was just a video of Chase hitting a 50-yarder uh, in Memorial Stadium that was, he tweeted out just the other day. So I think he's the likely starter at this point, or he's the early leader as the starter. Um, but, man, that would be – if if he could come in from Iowa Western and just be the stud, be the guy, and take away all questions at that position for the next two years, yeah. that would be thrilling. I guess the maybe the, the most recent and biggest news is uh, that the wide receiver room got a little skinnier yeah. recently. J.D. Spielman. Spielman. <laughs> Taking a break, heading up to back home to Minneapolis to get, take a mental Find health break himself. or something. Yeah, I don't, don't want to speak poorly of him. I mean, he's, yeah, well, he's a student athlete, so when I say find himself, that's just me being goofy. I'm not trying to be disparaging about his decision at right. all. But then also Javon McQuitty is retiring from football. Who, mm-hmm. um, I think he was part of the Calabrasca movement. Um, so he didn't he didn't have a super successful career. But uh, JD, I mean that's that's a blow. Mm-hmm. There, there's been a lot of positive news about the potential of this offense, according to you know. Uh, metrically driven journalists saying, look, statistically, based on who you've got returning, what you did last year, and what you're likely to do this year, this is a top 25 offense, maybe even a top 10 offense. And if you take JD out of the mix, I I think that that's a pretty big hit. To the point that it has me looking at our roster heading into next year, kind of saying, this is year three? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This was the year that I think we all kind of put our chips in saying, oh, man, by year three, we're going to see some significant progress. So it makes me nervous. (laughs) Frosted on a bunch of wide receivers this last uh, recruiting cycle, and basically they have to come in and produce right away. Yeah. It's really important that they do. Yeah, that isn't just like – off-season speak you know we, we talk a lot about that like oh they're they're bringing in guys who who really want to get playing time who that's the reason they're attracted at this school is because they get to play right now no 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 no. listen they really get a play right now yeah, yeah right now <laughs> so, so uh. when i was talking to the eyes on big guy guys the other day they were asking what i thought would happen and i said well you know he's still enrolled um hopefully uh you know hopefully he's back here by summer and they their take and i i think they are minneapolis based was that uh they thought he was gonna retire from football hmm. and as as you read you know reporting around this guy jd i mean football might not be his big it's, i think it's pretty clear that it's not his number one passion i mean he's got a lot of things that he's interested in seems to have a, a quirky personality um and um Obviously, he doesn't talk to the press, uh, so it's hard to know much about him. But um, I was—I hope that's not—I hope that's not what happens for the sake of this offense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another fun thing to be keeping an eye out moving forward, but that has been going on over the last month, 
is uh, is the Huskers Twitter handle is rolling out these cool branding looks, I guess. I don't know, I'm trying to think of a better way to say it. Brands for some of our lead players. I'm almost wondering if this is a, sort of a inside track to potential captains next year. If you look at the first four people that they did it for, you've got um, well, I've got I've got him listed as Cam Juice because that's uh, that's what his his brand is, Cam <laughs> Juice. That would be Cammy Cam Juice Cam Taylor Britt. Right, right. Britt Taylor Cam. Yeah. Britt Taylor Cam Britt. Yeah. Taylor, Taylor, yes. Brett, Cam. So he was the first one, and then Adrian Martinez, uh, DiCaprio, Boodle, and Brandon Hymas, all four have had these little logos roll out. And it's um, back when we had uh, John Swedland on the show for signing day. He pointed out that Oklahoma had kind of done something like this for all of their new commits. So as the name, image, and likeness discussions heat up here in Nebraska with uh, State Senator Megan Hunt bringing a bill that I think got first-round approval um, to kind of open the door to allow discussion around name, image, and likeness uh, possibilities for players. Um, you know, the, the, the athletic department's rolling out these logos, so that's kind of cool. Fun little videos. If you haven't seen those, we've tried to re- uh, retweet them as they come out. You can just go check out their Twitter handles, and I'm sure you'll find them. Um, but... Kind of fun to see. Mm-hmm. I always want to see Nebraska on the cutting edge. That's what I think. I guess one final thing to observe from the last month is uh, Nebraska fans at this point in time have a really weird relationship with positive news um, hmm. about the team because you just don't know how to handle it. And I think a lot goes back to this last season when there was some local hype, but then it was really magnified by national hype, and we really bought in and yeah. really were wrong. So and there's this like, yeah, hey, you know, the 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 offense might be good. No, don't <laughs> say that. They need to prove it on the field. Yeah. Kool-Aid. I think that's valid because I'm, I'm just thinking back to a, f- a few weeks ago, I wore a Husker hoodie out in public, which is like a way of life for me. It's not something sure. I even think twice about. And somebody actually stopped me and told me I was brave for wearing it. In Omaha? Yeah. Good grief. I, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I was in Council Bluffs. Maybe it was an Iowa fan. <laughs> Maybe that was the thing. Maybe it's because I was uh, across the river and an Iowa fan was like, why are you wearing that in enemy territory? But but still, I mean, like, people wear Husker stuff in Council Bluffs every day. You know, like, it's, I don't course. think that there's that big of a divide. I think most Council Bluffs people are probably Nebraska fans. You know, I think it's once you get to Des Moines and east of there. I, I have no clue what the demographics are like, but that's my assumption: is that most no, people I, in Council Bluffs sure are Husker fans. There's a ton fans. of Husker fans over yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's discouraging. Yeah, so I don't know what it's going to take to get past that. Um, uh, having JD Spielman absent does bring that positivity, especially towards the offense, into question. Uh, there's a lot to replace in the front seven of the defense, and. Uh, at the same time, I think it's worth pointing out that we're having this conversation before spring practice even begins, right? I, yeah. I think that it might be a good way to take the temperature of the fan base by seeing how excited they are to news coming out of spring practice. You know, look look at how the coaches um, try to spin things or the way they present things. And, yeah, I don't know. It'll be an interesting lead-up to the spring game, that's for sure. 
I, I have full confidence that by football season, I mean, people will be as enthusiastic as ever. I do think expectations will not be for 10 and 2. I won't be um, predicting that this year. <laughs> yeah. And I guess my longer term question is if we get incrementally better, you know, if the team gets better, but the, the, the record is only incrementally better, like we're 6 and 6 or something, um, just, you know, I'm start, I start to get a little worried about the long term health of this fan base, but. Yeah, well, one one day, one game at a time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the sales for the spring game, I think that there are still seats available, and that was not the case the last two years. So there is yeah. there is a measurable statistic that you can point to. Right, well, I'll be there. Uh, looking forward to it. Um, I guess this is a, a good point to transition to spring practice, which does begin tomorrow. And, um, you know, I don't think – Mike and I don't really have any massive thoughts prepared as to what we think y'all can expect, but you know, we just thought we'd have a brief conversation about what we're most anxious to see and learn. Mike, is there anything that kind of pops out to you? Yeah, honestly, the thing that I'm most interested in is what special teams is going to look like. I remember going into the season last year, and there were so many question marks. I, I mean, I remember sitting in your backyard, and we're looking through the roster, right? And we're saying, mm-hmm. I don't know who these guys are, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, I would love to have a better idea of what they are doing to address that huge shortfall, deficit, whatever you want to call it, that that gap in talent that we had last year. Um, I want to be assured by the coaching staff that, yes, we are taking intentional steps towards fixing this. and. Yeah. Because uh, at the end of the day, I really feel like special teams were the difference in several games last year. We, we could have been in a, we yeah. could have been in a bowl game last year if special oh, teams yeah. had put us in a better position. So, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, and I wonder. You wonder if uh, fifteen. Surely, fifteen practices is enough to like make a difference. I wonder how quickly. I don't have the date in front of me for when uh, the the new analyst comes on board or. Analyst? Yeah, analyst. Um, but I think it was mid-February, so um, you suppose by now it's been two, three weeks. He's got a sense of who he's got to work with, maybe, um, and then start instituting that stuff right away. Hopefully um, we'll be – you know, they always – they're starting to handle special teams more and more differently uh, for spring games because of the injury risk. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm really curious as to what we'll see. Hopefully they go full speed because this was a hu- – two-year just – the point you just made, huge liability last year. So I, that's a that's a great point. Um, I'm excited to see that as well. I think one of the more obvious things that we'll all be watching for is is Adrian Martinez back to form. Mm-hmm. And if not, how do his backups look? Yeah. Uh, what's uh, is this? W- there will be a lot of chatter throughout the week, I'm sure, as to how the other guys are doing, how everybody's doing, and then how the quarterbacks get divvied up might be interesting versus red, you know, red, between red and white, and then. Uh, who gets the start? Who gets what snaps? Um, you know, makes you wonder if Frost is even going to address his injury and his apparent postseason surgery. You know, I wonder if he'll even touch on it. At this point, I don't think he will. Mm. It'd be nice to know, but I feel like if, if they haven't said it by now, yeah, that's a good point. Especially if it's just you know something a part of his body that. Defenders could target. I think they just—they're just not going to talk about it. Um, so as much as 
we'd like to know or as much we'd like them to talk about it. I'm going to, I guess I'm going to hold my breath anymore. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things I'm excited to see is just all the defensive and offensive line talent that redshirted last year. Um, I want to see how much bigger these guys are, how they're using them, uh, how the offensive line is going to come together. If we have the talent to plug uh, the holes left by the Davis twins, who I guess that's one thing we didn't talk about, performed really well. Some of the fastest 300-pound guys in the NFL combine maybe ever. I don't know. They were super fast. And Darian Daniels, who was a stud, um, I think those guys are going to be really hard to replace. And we, uh, as much as we got gashed last year, I don't think we fully appreciated how much they were holding things down. So, um, you know, it all starts and ends with the line. And so that's one of the things I'm most excited to see. I feel like defensive backs is a real spot of strength for us. Um, Outside linebacker, we've just never felt great about it the whole three years, you know, coming into the third year of the Frost era. Um, Wide receiver we've already talked about is going to be thin, so it'll be interesting to see who makes an impact, uh, if the early enrollees can make a big splash. Um, Some of the Ramir Johnson and Ronald Tompkins, a couple of, Guys we heard a ton about last year. We saw a little bit of Ramir, none of Tompkins because of injury. It'd be great to see them make an impact at running back. Uh, Diedrich Mills, I anticipate to be a stud. Um, but what can we bring around him? Lots of question marks, lots to see. And, uh, you know, I just think back to last year during spring practice. It just The news just kind of trickles out. And uh, it's exciting. But uh, you and I end up spending a lot of time talking about, well, here's what I read. Well, here's what I read. <laughs> So Correct. I'm sure uh, we're, we're going to keep podcasting, but uh, we're going to be just reading off reports until we finally get to see that spring game. Mm-hmm. So. Unless somebody wants to hook us up with a media pass. And uh, then when that happens, Justin and I will bring a third person on to the podcast. Right, right. I was going to say. You know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, Mike, uh, what do you think the odds are? We were talking about, we were betting earlier. Um, what do you think the odds are that spring practice gets uh, canceled due to COVID-19? I don't know about spring practice. I, not spring practice, spring game. Excuse me. Oh, Sorry. okay. Um, you know, I did see the first kind of murmuring about that online today. Um, I think it's kind of a wait-and-see type thing um, because, I, I don't know, you and I were discussing before the podcast that uh, it feels like it's kind of a matter of time thing before it's as common as – you know, catching the flu here in Nebraska. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe with all this warm weather we're getting, things kind of slow down. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe the spring game is far enough out that it kind of like works through. <laughs> you know, everybody's going to get it, gets it, and then we're past it. Yeah. And then hopefully by that time, anybody who needs to stay home will have figured that out. <laughs> I don't right. know. Yeah. <laughs> So right, right now, uh, it sounds like we're putting the odds that the spring game going on is pretty good. Mm-hmm. We think the game's going to happen. Okay. All right. Well, to kind of wind things down here, um, we, uh, we always try to mention SP Plus numbers because I think they're really informative and helpful as we think about the team, and they really take the emotion out of it, which as Husker fans are really close to this, um, it's hard to not be emotional. And... Uh, for, in case you forgot, we ended the year 52 overall. Offensively, we were 42, and defensively, we were 61. Special teams was just scraping the bottom of the barrel at 123. Wow, that was the final um, number, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, February 13th, SP Plus, Bill Connolly put out uh, his newest numbers, which 
are largely based on returning starters as a really big piece of it. And uh, we, we talked earlier about Nebraskans reacting poorly to positive news. Right now, he puts us at 25 overall, and he puts our offense at number 10. Wow. Yeah. And it, wow. It, it, it does make sense. This is, when you think about almost everyone is back. Um, we, you know, I didn't mention a little bit ago we have a, a tight end. I can't remember his name, but he was a transfer. He sat out last year. He's going to be really good. So the offense, if anything – He's going to get a little better, I think, uh, yeah, with a big asterisk for what happens with J.D. Spielman. Um, so there, there's a lot of reasons for optimism that are statistically based. And I just want to make another quick plug for the, why do we love SP+. <laughs> um, I, I just want to pull some quotes here from Bill Connolly's February 13th piece because I was like, yes, this is why this is why we do this every week. So he says, numbers and conventional wisdom agree most of the time, but there's no question that, like people who design them, systems like SP Plus can have an antisocial streak. SP Plus was adamant that both Texas and Nebraska would really struggle with the hype in 2019. Um, Tom Herman's Longhorns began the season 10th in the AP poll, and uh, despite eight wins in two years, Nebraska began, began the season at 24th. SP Plus, on the other hand, had both of us ranked outside of the top 30 and projected 14 wins between our two teams, and we won collectively 13. So um, it's just so uh, it's just so helpful to look at these numbers. And I feel like as you and I have pumped sunshine, not pumped sunshine, but we've been positive every year <laughs> when we've done our preseason predictions. I mean, I think you and I are just like most everybody else in Husker Nation. Like, how do we get realistic mm-hmm. so we don't get our emotions crushed? Right, and so we're you know we've always leaned on SP Plus. We're going to keep doing it. So uh, if if you if you like that, you can look forward to more of it. Unfortunately, we won't get SP Plus updates weekly through spring practice. So right. sorry. <laughs> I think that that's I think it's okay. Okay. Well, there's only one thing left to talk about, Justin. Buffalo. Couple carnivores going after herbivore. Yeah, so... Hey, did, uh, did we decide, is it herbivore or herbivore? I keep saying herbivore, but I feel like I should be saying herbivore. I think it's herbivore for Herbie Husky. Yeah, I know, but I just, I see that, and I, I, I don't know, yeah. You're thinking about it too hard, Mike. Yeah, that's kind of my trademark. My so, trademark uh, is stupidity. Your trademark is stupidity. I was, I was texting with Kendra the other day from Central Nebraska Buffalo, and it sounds like herbivore will be butchered soon. Hey! So uh, here's the sound of me rubbing my hands together and licking my chops. You can still get uh, Central Nebraska Buffalo products at Just Good Meats in Omaha and Leon's Gourmet Grocer here in Lincoln. And uh, it just sounds like there's more and more spots that they're connecting with uh, where you can, if you look at the menu, you might be like, hey, there's Buffalo. I want, hey, it's Central Nebraska Buffalo. And it sounds like they've got a, uh, another campus that they're working with. Of course, they're on the trading table here in Lincoln. Um, so I think we're going to have to get Kendra on the phone um, in the next few weeks because it sounds like there's a lot of stuff going on, and uh, and we want to find out when we can uh, when we can dig into some herbivore. Love it. So we'll be keeping our listeners updated on that, and uh, yeah, it won't be long before you too can dig in. Word. I guess the the final thing here, we uh, have a habit of reading our five-star reviews when they do come through. We got a new one from T-Dubs, who, heading the best Husker podcast, said, I look forward to listening to this podcast more than watching the Huskers lose. Oh. (laughs) That's like one of those, like, 
one of those memes where it, it the like the top text looks really positive and then the bottom text is like, oh man, that took a turn I wasn't expecting. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's mostly positive. I'm gonna take it that way. Oh uh, yeah, okay. M- maybe it's his way of saying that we are kind of a bright spot in the midst of a well, you know, realistically not not the best season for Husker football. We've, I we've hope been so. that, hopefully, for some people, and uh, we're all looking forward to brighter days. That sounds like a good interpretation of the text. <laughs> I think it was a little putting bit of eisegesis. <laughs> putting your, uh, is that exegesis or hermeneutic skills to work there, Michael? Right, right. I'm putting what I want to see in the text in there. The proof text is what you did. Textual analysis on the Husker pod. All right, hey. <laughs> Uh, I'm excited to talk to you a little bit more in the coming weeks. Yeah, it'll be fun. All right. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Thank you.